For our series of the ADC's competition talks with leading experts, we have today Martin Peitz, Professor of Economics at the University of Mannheim and Director of the Mannheim Center for Competition and Innovation. Martin was a member of the Economic Advisory Group on Competition Policy at the European Commission and Academic Director of CERE, the Center on Regulation in Europe. The contributions of Martin Peitz to the body of knowledge on competition are wide-ranging, from well-known textbooks to papers published in leading economic journals, advice provided to competition authorities, sector regulators, government agencies in Europe and abroad. Dear Martin, thank you for kindly accepting to do this podcast with us. We have had several podcasts now in our series about digital markets. But in this specific podcast with you, Martin, I was hoping we could address in more detail the methodological issues about defining relevant markets in platform economies. One might argue that the relevant market definition stage is more or less important. There are different views on that, but it is sure a step with which agencies are faced in any analysis and so I think it's very important. We also know that this is not new, platform markets have been there for a long time with uh, TV platforms, with payment cards, newspapers and others, but the challenges of the digital economy have brought the topic to the forefront again and added challenges. In your publications you state very neatly the little ambiguity, your views on these methodological aspects which I think it's very important and highly valid. So, now for our questions. As you stated in one of your most recent papers, the quick question on this is on whether you should define a single market that encompasses the different sides of a platform or if you should take a multi-market approach. Now, I would ask you to share your views on this key issue and what do you think are the aspects that methodologically should be taken into account when defining relevant markets in the platform economy? Thank you, Anna-Sophia. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to what I think you were mentioning are rather blunt statements I may be willing to make. So the discussion about market definition in the context of multi-sided platforms is an interesting one since we have platforms catering to different audiences, to different user groups. But these user groups are connected with each other, typically through cross-group network effects. That is, the participation or usage decision of a user on one side depends on what the users on the other sides are doing. And the The question then has been asked whether there is a single market encompassing all those user groups or where there are multiple markets, at least one market for each user group. And it's perhaps useful to think about specific examples. We have e-commerce platforms catering to sellers, catering to buyers. These platforms may be what are called uh, transaction platforms, transaction markets, meaning that the trade, the contract between seller and buyer is made on the platform. And in a way, it can be just a click, so it's not something very difficult, but it can be just a click and then the contract is there. And the question is the single market. So clearly what I do as a consumer very much depends on what the seller does. And it's really the transaction between a seller and a buyer. However, what the platform is offering are very different services. For me as a consumer, well, I have the ability to find a product and to buy a certain product, whereas what a seller is out for is something very different, namely it's looking for consumers and these consumers are possible buyers of their product. 
And in principle, in these kind of transaction platforms, one can think about some kind of demand for this transaction service, which depends on the characteristics and the demand of the buyers and of the sellers. However, for practical purposes, this is not very useful. And furthermore, it entails a number of risks. One risk is that we are not really fully taking into account what are the different substitute possibilities on the different sides of the market. For example, as a consumer, I may actually, instead of buying from a particular seller on this platform, I may go to an electronic retailer or even a physical retailer and buy the product there. And I have very different possibilities of how I can get what I actually want. And for an independent seller who lacks alternative channels, the situation may be very different. Somebody start up without a physical presence and without the resources to build up an electronic sales channel itself, the substitute or possibilities are very different. Therefore, the risk is that if you follow the single market approach in case of transaction platforms, that excluding substitutes, at least substitutes for users on one side. Therefore, my clear recommendation is use the multi-markets approach. Define at least one market on each user side. However, take into account that there are interdependencies between these different sides. So it doesn't mean you just look at one market on one side and ignore the impact any change on that market has on other markets and the feedback effects. Great, that's a very clear stance, as we were discussing earlier, and very clarifying. Now, that takes me to the second question, Martin, which is given your general position that for the purposes of competition law enforcement, the multi-market approach is in general preferable. How do you look at the decisional practice of agencies on this regard? In your view, have agencies been doing a good job on this regard? Well, so I'm not grading now different agencies. I only want to say that the view I've been expressing is not a view which is just there in isolation. I think it is shared by a number of people. Of course, there is some controversy and we have in the past some decisions which were not following the multi-markets approach. However, at the European level, I think we're doing very well. And this is not a very recent phenomenon. We look back to the MasterCard decision in 2012. They already confirmed the Commission's decision and stated that the issuing side and the acquiring side for these payment systems should be considered separate markets. So in that sense, we are standing on solid grounds in Europe. And this is very good to hear. Then, still regarding decisional practice and the approach of agencies, let me introduce here a topic on relevant market definition that is more related to the digital sphere. You just mentioned decisional practice on payment cards that has been confirmed. Everything is clear cut. So now moving to the digital sphere, I would ask you two questions. The first one is, how do you think agencies are treating and how do you think one should approach zero price markets? That is my question number one. And my question number two is on this dichotomy between when looking at payment services, for example, payment cards, payment services, payment platforms, and when looking at the digital economy, we know that in the digital economy, quantifications, payoffs, costs, it's a much more challenging task to get those all mapped out. So how do you think 
think that how far we will go in terms of having clear stances and robust stances in terms of market definition in the digital sphere. Thank you. So let me, so after the second question, I still have to remember the first one was about zero price markets. That's the question of when there is a zero price, whether this actually still constitutes a market, an anti, possibly an antitrust market. And uh, there, my view is clear, and I think it's in line with most of the practice that indeed there can be zero price markets. Now, zero price markets, one way of phrasing it is to say, well, users don't pay a monetary price, but they pay indirectly. For example, by agreeing that the data which are generated in the interaction can be used by the platform or by implicitly or explicitly agreeing to be subject to advertising so that certain content they are consuming is bundled with advertising. This is true. These are also markets. These are zero price markets. However, also this kind of interaction is not really essential. So there is no need to show remuneration to speak about the market. Rather, what we should do, I believe, is to look at the ecosystem in which a particular platform operates and try to see whether users who get something which is apparently free, whether that is part of the overall business strategy and business model of the platform. And whenever this is the case, where this interaction between platform and users subject to a zero price should be included. And I believe this should not be controversial. In particular, we are well aware of situations where I contribute something and I don't pay, but I also don't get anything back. So why shouldn't that be seen as a way of being in a contractual relationship and may actually end up being a pretty bad deal for me? I'm providing a lot of material possibly on a social network and I may not get compensated. Well, clearly there is a market. It's just that I don't get anything back for what I provide. So that's the first part, I guess. Now, your second question, I think, is a broader one. Payment systems have been around for a while, and I also wouldn't kind of say, well, don't declare them digital. I mean, we do have digital payments nowadays. Oh, surely, exactly. And they actually have become an important part of some of those ecosystems. However, they're just part of it. And what we're seeing is that consumers in this digital sphere can move, at least when we talk about, say, digital entertainment, move between very different offers. And it's very difficult then a priori to understand what are those substitute offers and that's much easier in the case of payment system where there's a specific use in mind whereas if we have users consumers spending some spare time with their mobile device or whichever device they use they can do very different things and these different things may or may not be good substitutes and so what we need is a good understanding of consumer behavior and a similar problem may even arise in some cases on the other side when we think about app developers. So we do have some very dedicated areas of app developers where it's clear there are people out there who are developing video games. But for other emerging markets, the substitute possibilities are very different. So also there is the question, what are the substitute activities available and relevant? And this is an issue, I think, which is very hard to 
deal with in the digital world. And therefore, what we need is probably, and some agencies have that, we can do market investigations, for example. Well, this gives us the ability or gives the agency the ability to have a better understanding of markets which may become or which are already the focus of the agency. Indeed, Martin, and you are absolutely right to refer that payment systems have also a digital element now. So I was referring to the more traditional issue because also the Competition Authority has been devoting a lot of work actually precisely to fintechs and to digital innovation in payment services. Now, to wrap up, Martin, I would ask you, we know that relevant market definition is no easy task. <laughs> Agencies know this very well and in general, everybody is aware about this. Some advocate that one should rather focus on on competition assessments directly. How important do you think that relevant market definition is, in particular in platform markets? Should agencies continue to develop efforts to this? And how do you think that this is different in terms of mergers or antitrust? Okay, so I guess my first statement is partly it may be a labeling issue. You have to understand what are the constraints on competition, who are the relevant actors when you're evaluating a certain practice, for example, which is possibly abusive. And it might be useful then to be explicit about it. You develop eventually a theory of harm. Well, a theory of harm, there's a question who is harmed. Therefore, we have to understand who is potentially affected, who plays an important role in this environment and in the end this is something what may then be called market definition. Now when we talk about mergers well I guess one point is that the standard thresholds we used to have to start a merger proceeding that of course relies on a market definition so whenever we have a market share based criteria well you better define a market. Now these Which we do actually, we do in Portugal have a market share criteria. We were one of the jurisdictions with a market share criteria. Now, in the context of digital platforms, they mean even less than what they do in traditional markets. So in that sense, I guess there's this idea, well, since we can't really make much use of market share based criteria, then we actually don't really need that much to define the market. That's true. But I guess one important aspect in the digital world is that we are looking at mergers and it's often very difficult to understand what kind of mergers are there. To what extent are the different elements important? There are conglomerate aspects, vertical aspects and horizontal aspects. And perhaps useful and better to understand what are those issues which may pop up in the merger is to think about, well, what are the relevant markets? And then possibly understand that some aspects are vertical, whereas others may be just conglomerate. So I do think it may also be useful in a merger context, but here essentially trying to understand to what extent certain offers are complementary offers, are substitute offers, to what extent is the participation of other sides of the platform important and does their participation then affect the way a platform can do business with different types of offerings. So here what I'm thinking about is the role of data, data which are collected for certain types of activities, to what extent are they valuable from the viewpoint of the platform for other activities. That is extremely clear. Martin, thank you so much for your availability to do this podcast with me. It was a great pleasure. Thank you very much. I had a good time. <music>